I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome to another episode of Waterfall Wednesday on the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I'm your co-host Nick Johnson, joined by Dale Luganbill, the real host of the podcast. How's it going, Dale? Good. You're getting really good at that. I know, aren't I? Start worrying about my job here. <laughs> like well, if we I took got, a week like off. If I got paid, I'd be really worried. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I got nothing to worry about. I don't think I'm going to be getting paid for this for a long time. <laughs> uh, well, we took a week off. I was down in Oklahoma guiding at Coastal Wings Outfitters and Lodge. We had a a really good time. Looked like a good time. Many yeah, we many had uh, ducks lost their lives. Yeah, we had six duck hunts and. Uh, Three really good duck hunts, two good duck hunts, and one pretty tough duck hunt. But I thought uh, right away we might as well just get this out of the way. There was a uh, there was a hunting accident on Saturday, our sixth day, and I was the uh, I was the perpetrator and the victim of the hunting accident. So uh, I was a little uh, I was debating whether or not to bring this up, but in uh, I was thinking about it. And it could be a good lesson learned and, you know, but by me speaking out about it, maybe some people will, will also take precautions while they're in the field. Okay. I'm intrigued. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, it was uh Saturday morning. We had just, uh, started hunting. We had maybe seven, eight ducks shot and, uh, I'm sitting there and I go, all right. I've got to poop. So I uh, I got up very abruptly, not using much caution, and I started walking. And uh, that's when the trigger got pulled. 
And what I mean by that is that's when my bowels emptied into my pants. We've got a code brown. We've got a code brown. I was was sitting in the blind and I'm like, God dang it, something is bad. And I even said to the guys, I go, I got to go. This is an emergency. And so I get up, I start walking to the truck and we're parked like, three quarters of a mile away from the truck it's a big open prairie like uh i mean really not even enough grass to like grab stuff for the blinds like just this big open prairie big cattle pasture we're hunting a little cattle bond in the middle and i start walking to the truck and it's almost like one of those alfred alfred hitchcock zoom effect movies like you know where it just starts looking further and further away (laughs) so yeah, it it was uh it was bad. And oh. uh I'm starting to starting to panic. I'm starting to sweat and then I realize uh uh-oh. Um I'm not going to make it. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so I'm um, I am uh I'm unbuttoning my pants. I'm taking the G-Tech off. I'm taking the G-Tech off as fast as I can. I'm getting my uh, I'm getting my bibs unzipped. I'm starting to panic, and then it's just all of a sudden it goes. Like you were just like you weren't even to the vehicle yet. You were just like I was it, 100 yards from the blinds. <laughs> this is happening maybe. right now, right here. It's it's happening right here, right now, and uh, once it started, there was just no stopping it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was so bad that by the time I actually got my pants off, I didn't have to poop anymore. Oh, no. no. It was like oh, I vomited no, in reverse. No. So so then what? Did you just have to Donald Duck it back to the truck? So then I'm, I get off all of my bottoms. I was layered as uh, like um, long johns, long johns, grinder pants, pantanal bibs. And so I get all those stripped off, and I use my uh, the remaining life that's in my uh, my long johns to clean myself up. Oh and my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing out in this field. Nobody back in the blinds can see me because they're like sitting w- uh, with their backs to a berm. And the way I was walking, it was behind them. So I walked about a hundred yards, and that's when it happened. Oh and. And, um, anyways, did they have the wind to their back? (laughs) No. So (laughs) I'm sitting there. I clean, I clean myself up as best I can. And I'm like, well, there's, there's a Sitka warranty. (laughs) (laughs) The worst part is I'm like, okay, uh, well, I, I do have a change of clothes in the truck. Uh, we were all packed up, ready to go. It was our last day. Oh no. So what do I do to get to the truck? Like, I can't put anything back on. <laughs> so I ended up having to walk completely bare-dicked. That's what like I said. You're three... Donald Ducking it back on the truck. Yeah, d- d- Just not a shirt, even. Nothing below it. <laughs> I was wearing a Dakota hoodie, some muck boots, and that's it. <laughs> and it was a Wait. long, cold walk across a very open prairie. Can Can you describe that outfit um, again, but slower and sultrier? 
<laughs> I was wearing um, tears. I was wearing tears. I'm listening. I was. <laughs> I was wearing a uh, a Filson a Filson hat. Yeah, a you Dakota were. hoodie, a Dakota hoodie, and uh, muck boots, and uh, no socks. I mean, I had abandoned the socks for additional cleaning supplies. Uh, <laughs> and so, I had a. Did you just throw them in like a garbage bag or plastic bag? Like this was your last day. Did you have time to run back and at least do the laundry, or were these just a total loss? Tie it up, throw it in a garbage can. We're moving on. I um, I threw everything. I well. I left everything where it was and I just walked back to the truck and I get there and I'm like, <laughs> and luckily, like, I was like, man, watch the landowner come pulling in. You're like, how's the hunt going? <laughs> where is your pants? <laughs> I had a different, I had, I had a different scenario just uh, flash before my eyes. That would have been more hilarious if you would have actually went back to the hunting crew and then, like, just stood behind him or off the side, hands on your hips, kind of Superman style, and go, guys, we got a problem. And then have them all look and just see you, <laughs> just see you there, shirt naked from the waist down with muck boots on. Would have been fucking hilarious. But Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a weird scenario in my head playthrough. Like, what if the landowner does come pulling in here and then doesn't even acknowledge that I'm bottomless and just like, cool, cool, good, good, good to hear you guys are shooting some ducks. Have a good day. And just drives away. <laughs> Luckily, I mean, we weren't even that far off of like a major highway in the area. Like, and I'm like, God, why? And luckily, nobody saw it. I get back to the truck. I get all of the rest of my clothes off. And, uh, because everything was ruined. Like, literally, head to toe. Like, it had gotten everywhere That's somehow. Like a baby blowout. <laughs> all the was. dads know what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm not a dad, so I don't even know how to deal with this. Yeah, but bro, the, yeah, it's like a, the, the major blowouts is where the shit starts at the nape of the neck. And it's so I, everything on the backside. I managed to clean up a little more. I put on a whole new set of clothes, and I walk back. And, uh, of course, the guy's very first thing they say to me is, uh, well, did you make it? <laughs> and I'm going to go, well, How about that. am I wearing the same clothes as when I left? <laughs> <laughs> oh so I got I got a couple garbage bags. Long John's went into one. They were garbage. That uh, that was a, a total loss. And then I uh, garbage bagged up the rest of the stuff. I got back to the lodge and I just hosed it off. <laughs> and then I washed it. I put it back into a new garbage bag, and then w washed it when I got home. But uh, I I don't really know what to say. It was so such a bad helpless feeling. And also such a great relieving feeling at the same time. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so confused. <laughs> like just the moment when it just starts. I'm like, it's happening. <laughs> and then I pretty much just froze. So just I mean, stared as, a off. as a cautionary tale, though, I mean, how, how, what is your advice? Like, how could somebody prevent this in the future? Um. You know what? If if you're feeling like it's time to go, it's time to it's go. Too, Always, it's already too late. I'll tell you this much: there will never be another day in my life I don't have baby wipes like on my person. 
<laughs> maybe <laughs> some Clorox wipes. <laughs> and uh, um, oh, here's a kicker too. So I once I once I finally I get on I get all my new clothes on. I walk back to my um, crime scene, and I start going through the pockets of my bibs. Oh, I need no. my I need my cell phone and my vape. What do I find in one of the bib pockets? A big stack of napkins that I had stuffed in there like two days previously. <laughs> and I totally forgot about. Could have used those. <laughs> I mean, we're adults here. We've all, you know, we've all sharted. Maybe once every six months a guy sharts his pants accidentally and it's kind of silly. Oh, but I mean, it's not even, not even necessarily an underwear ruiner, you know? Right, like, right, it's right, just right, like, oh, right. that was greasy. Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> That's going to itch later. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be itchy. <laughs> but dude like when it when i when i had that that feeling like as soon as i recognized like how far the truck was away and how bad i had to go and i was like all right thrown in the towel and I, there, I, there was nothing i could do like my body was like it here you go <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i honestly can say that i i have never full-on shit myself but man have <laughs> i i mean i've had a few times where like you're long striding it into the bathroom like as you're taking your left steps you're already <laughs> dropping trowel and pointing your ass at and i'm pretty sure i've arced it a couple times and, and actually got it in there i mean i've been so close so many times but never uh, thankfully <laughs> never that but, dude when i finished damn. when i finished pooping my belt was still buttoned you know oh, like, oh, no. <laughs> What a helpless feeling that must have been. Oh, oh dude, but uh, oh, it was just maybe the best poop of my life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my my, my conscience, my conscious mind had no control over it, and I just had to, I had to just roll with the emotions. I think I'm actually gonna have to like on the cover art for this episode. I'm actually gonna have to put a <laughs> banner across that just says Code Brown. <laughs> don't do that don't do that <laughs> i'm gonna put it on like my uh snap story and stuff uh, and instagram story like uh, uh we, we had a violent and vicious horrific hunting accident on saturday and i you know before the rumors start to fly i wanted to get my story out and tell everybody <laughs> uh that is actually uh that's pretty damn funny sorry at your expense but you know what you you brought it up so actually i don't feel sorry dude i mean what is a guy gonna do with, with yeah, once I mean, that happens to him you can bury it in shame or you can uh <laughs> you can use it to make uh, podcast comedy gold right. well I, I appreciate your dedication to the craft <laughs> oh my god uh you know, it's almost unfortunate it um, on the first or second day, though, because the slew of jokes that would have followed, like the narrative, <laughs> the rest of the trip. You want to talk oh, about well, comedic gold. If it would have happened on the first or second day of the trip, I wouldn't have had extra clothes in my truck. I was wearing, you know, like, right. I was like, good thing this happened now, because what would I have done? <laughs> like, <laughs> you had to call Joe. You're like, um, like, hey, dude, I'm going back need, to the lodge. <laughs> <laughs> you come back and dude, to last <laughs> and got, uh you got two silhouette decoys one in front one in back because you're walking back to the blind like uh guys i need a ride and bad things have happened in oklahoma before like one time i got the flu and uh i got really sick for two days managed to not poop my pants when i had the flu 
Um, and uh, another time, uh, I just drank too much over New Year's, and I was just, you know, like hung over during a hunt, and I'm like, God, this sucks. And uh, I was just, you know, really happy with how all the hunts went, and uh, we never got drunk. We ne- we just were very, we we're on time every morning. All of our customers were super happy. I'm like, gosh, what a great year it was in Oklahoma this year. Like, I can't believe nothing went wrong but anyways guys i I, I got a little i got a little emergency i'll be right back (laughs) wow well i mean it do you you chalk it up to a success i mean it's kind of a success story yeah we had a great time in oklahoma (laughs) uh There was uh, uh, miss cheryl was down there cooking still they got another new cook called ot or his name's ot and he was making duck poppers out of every, like every duck we shot. Um, basically, some guys wanted to save a couple ducks home, but we were to, to bring them home. But we were almost mad at him because OT was making the best duck poppers every single day. Like in that interim between lunch and dinner, like this huge platter of duck poppers would come out, and they would last about thirty seconds. May have contributed to uh, the accident. <laughs> You know, nobody else got sick. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently everybody else was uh, more gastronomically, uh, I don't know what would be the right term, prepared. The the, the day previous, the only thing I could think of is I took a four-mile walk. Just I wanted to get a little exercise, and everybody was kind of having beers at the lodge and relaxing, and... It's like, yeah, I kind of want to get a little fresh air, a little exercise today. I'm going to hit the block, you know, one mile, one mile, one mile, Mm -hmm. one mile around the section. And uh, I don't know. (laughs) I I can't tell you why I shit my pants. I don't know. know. (laughs) I've had my share of like close calls as well, but never this. This was. Yeah, that wasn't a close call. That uh, That was a direct hit. I mean, we've been talking about it for 15 minutes. We could move on at okay. this point. Yeah, I mean, what else is there? I mean, it kind of set the bar kind of high. <laughs> yeah, kind of set the bar a little high. Uh, we we had a great trip to Oklahoma, though. The roads were clear um, down there and back. Long drive. Just got all the red dirt washed off my truck today. Uh, it was the, dry down the there. Weather? Really I mean, dry. You, you guys looked like you were dressed pretty warm, so temperatures must have been somewhat chilly. It was- it was cold. It was cold before we got there. It got down to like seven a wow. couple mornings before we were there. Locked up a lot of the ponds. Larry runs like four or five ponds with ice eaters. So we hunted one of those ponds the first day. And then after that, it was like 60 degrees, 65 degrees. So that melted all the ponds. And we were in the morning, there'd be a little sheet ice on them. But um, it was great. That, uh, Larry's got a great crew of guys working down there like... Uh, um, from Feet Down Waterfall, you got Trent Toso, and um, you got Connor Lausch working there this year. Those guys are uh, fucking kick-ass to work with, and uh, I mean, everybody down there is, is awesome. And we were able to get on birds every single day. Our our worst day of hunting, we killed three ducks and one stud pintail. So even, you know, a day that is rough, you hunt all day. You got a stud pintail out of it, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that'll that'll make a a winner of a day for sure. Yeah, I remember seeing that. at I least I saw the picture of that one on Snapchat. I was like, oh man, that's a nice one. Yeah, that was the what's kind of saved the day, really. And you shot one, 
decent looking uh, spoonie I saw. We ended up to- total. We shot I think uh, thirteen different species of ducks. Nice. That's like another that. thing about going down there. You really get a lot of species of ducks. I think we had nine just on our first day out of like twenty ducks. Wow. So what all? What all did you shoot? Let's see. Oh, I'm not going to be able to remember all of them, but let's say mallard, pintail, gadwall, shoveler, widgeon, um, ringneck, scalp. Um, we saw some canvas backs. We didn't get any canvas backs. Um, I'm already starting to stammer here. Uh, redheads? Did you say that already? We did not get any redheads. We got a golden eye. Really? Yeah, we got a hen golden eye one day. Um, teal? God, I'm forgetting. Yeah, green wing teal. I don't think we got a blue wing. So, I mean, even though we got 12 or 13 species of ducks, I mean, there was some omissions that obviously could have up that number even more, like the blue wing teal. Sure. And a canvas back. Like, if you really got into them good over three days, you might get a baker's dozen or 15 species of ducks down oh, there it's it's super cool. fun yeah that's awesome. very very cool and now my season is not even close to over i can't <laughs> wait to continue <laughs> <laughs> well snow goose season officially started the day down in arkansas yeah it did it's february 1st did you see any reports or anything of anybody making some big piles i didn't i saw one snapchat uh picture of just being in the decoys which is what I was like, wait, what? Oh, it must be, must be February 1st. Now, I know they have a, uh, um, a youth waterfall day and probably a veterans waterfall day coming up too. I think yeah. that might be on like Saturday, right? Yeah, I think it's the weekend. So I know like Dean doesn't really push hard until after that's over because it's just nobody wants to travel down there because that Saturday messes the weekend up that youth sure. day or whatever. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I was I was look I got an email from uh, California and I remember last year California had a really late youth and uh, Veterans Day hunt and um, this year I believe it's February sixteenth and seventeenth. If you're an active duty or a uh, or a veteran, man, that would be cool to go to California and shoot some California ducks on February sixteenth and seventeenth. Can you imagine? Yeah, how gorgeous those are. Oh man makes you want to go join the national guard am i too old i think i'm too old <laughs> you can probably how old are you 30 32 now <laughs> yeah let's go with that but i'm going to be shooting some ducks in february in mazatlan mexico here oh, i leave in a week you son of a bitch so next week we might have to take another week off Nah, maybe we could do this on tuesday the night before i leave do it before or i'll find a fill-in i had a fill-in last week you did yeah i talked to zach with uh um black leg outfitters Oh, nice. Is yeah. that who Joe went and hunted with? Yep. Um, in yep. Iowa? Yep. Nice. I didn't even... Uh... Well, it's good that you don't listen to the show. I appreciate it. I'm well, I didn't know you would find I'm some mediocre kidding. replacement. <laughs> <laughs> the people I'm demand content. <laughs> no, Zach, uh, um, Joe had nothing but awesome things to say about hunting with him down in Iowa. What was that show about? Um, kind of wrapped up his season. And then uh, talked, had some decoy talk, some uh, some blind talk. Just kind of got his perspective on some of the things that we've, you know, that we usually touch on. 
I'll have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, you'll probably disagree with most of it, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Isn't that my general demeanor about all waterfowl theories? Kind of like your MO, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, just, hey, I got to be devil's advocate. Right, right. It's good. It's good to have that voice. No, Nobody wants to live in an echo chamber. Well, that's not true. I think most people want to live in an echo chamber, but that's boring. Yeah, dude. Um, And then after Mazatlan, I'll probably try to do some honkers in Manitoba. Oh, they have that late or the spring season, I guess, early. They, I guess you could. Would it be late or early? <laughs> technically, it's a I, new year, so. It's technically a spring conservation season. God, that's cool. That would be pretty wicked. I, I'm really interested to see how that one pans out because I want to see like what the like, what's going to be your strategy? Because if it's anything like when the hawkers come back here to Minnesota, it's like you're not dealing with big flocks. You're dealing with like breeding pairs. That I are watched a video that. I watched a video that somebody made last year. It was like the uh, Manitoba conservationist or something like some conservation. Uh, organization up there and these guys threw together a little video of honker hunting and it looked kind of like they were hunting bigger flocks like not just pairs not just pairs on the ice which is kind of what i thought it might be too but no there was i think you are getting giants coming up that are planning on going further north to nest you know not just the pairs and sink not just the pairs showing up staging perhaps yeah okay right and i remember it was like that i hunted in uh Ontario in February of 2020 we were there like at right before the pandemic started like February 20th or something and you did see like a mixture of pairs of geese starting to stake out ice and big flocks of geese that were for sure gonna go be going like way further north and there was full swing reverse migration happening hmm I guess that makes sense I think with the Manitoba thing it's gonna be um it's going to be similar, like a mix of that. I, I'm in my head. I'm thinking like the later you go, the better, because you can go online and uh, look at the Oak Hammock Interpretive Center, and they've on the on the Oak Hammock website they've got a list of the dates um, the first goose arrived at Oak Hammock. Hmm, I think pretty cool. I think we talked about this earlier. We have. We might as well say it again, though, because I'm sure not everybody has. Oh, people has heard us talk no, about people it. People listen to the show religiously, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here I just googled it, found it. Arrival of the first geese. So this is Okamic Marsh. This is just about 20 miles north of Winnipeg, and it's got a list here. The first goose they saw. Now this starts at every date I say is going to be going backwards in time. And we're starting in 2018. So the first date is 2018, then 17, then 16, and so on and so on. So I'll just rattle off like 10 dates. This is the first goose arriving at Oak Hammock Marsh. March 3rd, February 21, March 6th, March 10, March 13, March 22, March 11, March 13, March 15, March 15, March 16, March 18, March 10, March 19. That went back to... 2005 so i mean when you're looking there earlier and earlier so like if you're looking at this though and just trying to judge it yeah last 2018 was march 3rd 2017 was february 21 2016 was march 6th 
But then you got like some years. I mean, and this is goose number one, the mm-hmm. first goose. So if you're looking at this, like 2013 was March 22nd. That leaves you nine days of hunting from the arrival of the first goose. Wow. Now, this is at Oak Hammock. So, you know, Oak Hammock freezes. So they're showing up to the ice. You know, is there going to be some other like rivers or streams where they're at earlier? Maybe. I don't I don't have the experience to tell to say right, that, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um I'm sure there are more geese on the landscape, but obviously the later you go, the more Man, uh, likely it think, is that you're going to run into honkers. You got that seems so early. You got to think like that far north, like ice out on Winnipeg is not going to be until May. Man, like, giant honkers are crazy how long they just seem to stand on the ice. Like, I really wonder how long they go without eating. Yeah, it's nuts. I wonder. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? Like, when they show up, there's no geese in, like, the Fridley, Minneapolis area right now. I think there's a handful that feed, like, at the to the railroad tracks. But just across the landscape, there's no geese in this area. I but just, come, you I know, saw, March 10th. I saw 10th. a flock this week um, flying over uh, West St. Paul. Oh, yeah. That would be railroad track birds. Mm, okay. Yeah. and uh, But, like, across, like, Fridley and the ponds and all the suburbia where they will be coming to nest, there's no geese hanging out here. And then from now till when they show up, like, March 10th, the landscape doesn't look that much different. Like, I've always wondered that. Like, what the fuck? How long are these geese going without food just to stake out that cattail pond? I wonder if they are flying out to feed somewhere, though. They could be, like, finding some food, but what? <laughs> yeah, no I idea. Mean, I know there's still there's still birds on the cannon. It seems the like they're re- once they find their spot, they're, like, reluctant to leave it oh, yeah. for a moment. Yeah, true. And then what? They got to wait for, um, I'm sure they're eating I'm not sure they're eating, but I mean, if they don't eat, they're going to die at some point. Right. Maybe they're picking off vegetation off the muskrat mounds. <laughs> right. Oh, crazy. I'm looking forward to seeing them geese show back up, though. That's always fun watching them fight with each other. and. Yeah. It, yeah, that that is a show for sure. And it's a sure sign that spring is on the way. Absolutely light at the end of the tunnel and i know some people are already over winter so even though it's only february it's like well dude i'm we got time after yet. being down in oklahoma man i set up a I set up a hammock with sam d'angelo another great guide that works down at uh coastal wings we set up a hammock in the on the porch of the guide house and i was sitting there napping it was 65 degrees the sun was on me i'm about over winter <laughs> well like i tell you it's february 1st you got you got some time I have, yet. <laughs> I got one week till I'm in Mazatlan, Mexico. Oh, shooting. man. I saw, I've been looking, I'm going with the Ultimate Waterfowlers Challenge. Um, if you've never heard of Ultimate Waterfowlers Challenge, it's uh, ran by Brandon Crowley and uh, Dan Winterland. It's actually really freaking cool organization where, like, you uh, try to shoot all the North American duck species and register that you shot them. They've got a banquet with, like, prizes for people that did do it. Like, at first... Is this like like a lifetime list or like in a year? Like a lifetime list. You like check them off as you go. At first I was like, man, who the fuck needs some organization to prove that you shot all these ducks? Plus all the ones you killed before you joined don't count. I was like, 
That seems kind of weak. Until I went to one of their banquets. Dan Winterland invited me to it. And it's these huge community, or it's a huge community of dudes that are all about like traveling, hunting, meeting awesome people, going to exotic locations, getting a target species. You know how I like to like band hunt and stuff. I mean, it is cool to target a bird, travel to do it. They've got all these awesome adventures like set up like uh, this Mazatlan is just their Mazatlan package. Well, they've got all sorts of different hunting packages you can explore on their website. It's super cool. So um, I, I kind of thumb my nose what at it until it? I it's called the Ultimate Waterfowlers Challenge. And uh, I'm not I'm not registered and I'm not registering birds, but it is really cool. I mean, I would not discourage anybody from doing it. Like, if somebody's like, that seems kind of interesting, definitely do it. If that's up your alley, sign the F up and start, like, uh, registering birds, get involved in the community, and, like, start going on these crazy adventures. Dan is kind of like, it's almost like a little Ramsey Russell deal. I think he must have, like, half a dozen different locations. Yeah, I'll look it up. I'm really looking quick. at their Facebook page right now. I'm going to have to sign up for this. It's it's really cool, man. It's a great community of guys. Our bird of the week is the King Eider. Grand prize at this year's UWC Weekend Bash is a King Eider hunt in St. Paul Island, Alaska. See, Dude. that's like another one of their um that's Dude. another one of their adventures that they got. Dude, that's a great picture of that bird. That is just a crazy looking bird, man. Isn't it? Yeah, they got all sorts of like cool posters and stuff too. Like, and uh, oh, actually, like they're like official gear, like their t-shirts and hats and hoodies. Also, all very like weirdly comfortable. Hmm. Like I used to always wear this Ultimate Waterfowler Challenge um, long sleeve while I was out hunting, just because it was super comfortable. And then I I would see them at game fair every year, and I'd be like, hey, I need some more shirts. Yeah, I need this hoodie. I'll take a hat. <laughs> Like, it's just kind of hard to find comfortable stuff, you know? Huh. Cool. I'm going to have to sign up for this. How much is it? Sign up. Let's look. Let's look. Page not found. Oh, I'm on there. Go to their website, which is I'm looking for their uh, com. I'm on their I'm on their website right now. I'm sign looking for their now. actual, like, adventures i can't find them i see all their species list and hmm that's weird well it's not super just... cheap to sign up so there's that yeah it's not cheap that's another thing i was like well i don't know if i'd do that wc standard membership it's 150 bucks it's on sale from 200 oh really you can save a hundred dollars on the gold membership right now it's 4.99 instead of 5.99 and oh, nice! The International Waterfall Slam membership. That's uh, normally twelve fifty, and it's nine ninety nine. Okay, I found their uh, their adventures. Destination one: Lake Lake Saint Clair Divers in Michigan. Destination two: Swans and Mallards in Nodak. Destination three: Cranes, Saskatchewan. Destination four: Mexico. That's where I'm going. Destination five: Nebraska Spring Snows, and destination six. Florida Everglade Whistlers. Oh, and then they got Alaskan King Eiders, East Coast Sea Ducks, and uh, Cold Bay Collector's Trip. 
Sweet, huh? I mean, you know what? 150 bucks. I mean, I've wasted 150 bucks on a lot of stuff. If it's something <laughs> like a guy was like, yeah, and that would be cool to getting... do. And like, you get guys that are pushing you to like, so when are you going to go get your, uh, when are you going to go get that Harlequin in Washington? You're like, next right. year. You know, it's it's something like, when I actually like went to the banquet and I saw how hardcore all these dudes were and how they're they like just pushing each other to get all these species and the trophies they gave dudes were super cool. I was like, I get it now. Like I, cause Dan, me and Dan go way, way back to like when I was guiding with Phil Schmidt and he's all like, Nick, come on, join ultimate waterfalls challenge. I'm like, nah, it ain't for me. But then I was like, I don't, I, in fact, I really don't even, I don't think so. But then when I went to that banquet, I was like, this is actually something really, really cool. <laughs> this sucks. So I'm looking at what you get with your, with the, like the standard membership, get a certificate, a hat and t-shirt, a card and a handbook. A member decal, master waterfall hunter plaque, must be earned. <laughs> oh, master, yeah, you got to get master, all the birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Master elite waterfall plaque, must be earned. Grandmaster waterfall hunting trophy, must be earned. Like, oh, my God. That's pretty cool. It is cool. It is. Very. I'm, I didn't even know this thing existed. I feel like I need to get one of these uh, homeboys on the on the podcast. Maybe that could be a good replacement. That would be some pretty good uh, content. Yeah, dude, I, I would definitely... Good stories. Yeah, get Brandon Crowley or uh, Dan Winterland on here to talk about it. They could give do it a little bit more justice than me. I just know about it, and I know it's like the people who are involved are freaking into it and seem to really enjoy it. That's a, but, cool, that's a super cool thing. That would be awesome. You want to... Uh, well, we've been going 35 minutes, dude. Guess what I did again? I left some food uh, in the oven. Did you Did you poop your pants again? Oh, no. It's... <laughs> <laughs> this go. episode of Waterfall Wednesday <laughs> has been brought to you by Depends. <laughs> Adult undergarments for the ultra-prepared goose hunt duck hunters. <laughs> brought to you by Handy Wipe. <laughs> Handy Wipes. <laughs> when you no, go, no sit. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> no, no Sitka layering system is complete without adult diapers. <laughs> and of course, uh, the Goose Tech app. Uh, if you guys are trying to get better at goose calling, is something I've sunk my heart and soul into. Is the Goose Tech app. One thing I was thinking about about the Goose Tech app and like the roost, like Joe's stuff and Scott Trinan's stuff. It's like, man, everybody should come up with a budget for what you think you should spend to get good at calling. What's that number, you know? Your budget on your shotgun is, I don't know, anywhere from 600 bucks for a used Super X2 to a $1,800 plus, yeah, $2,000 plus tax for a Super Black Eagle 3. Like, what if you uh, set a budget for getting good at calling? And that included trying out a handful of different calls, um, signing up uh, for a $20 Goose Tech app, $20 one-time payments, signing up for a $4 a month uh, for the roost. Like, at, at I'm still only talking about spending five or $600 here for the most important aspect of calling. That's ah, just something I ran through my head. Uh, but yeah, check out the Goose Tech app. Check out the... Uh, Nick Johnson Signature Series Goose Call from Pacific Calls. I hand tune every one to where I'm a little bit bummed out that I'm shipping it back to Pacific. I want to make sure every one is a call that I would put on my lanyard. So, anyways, that's my spiel for the week. What do you got for uh, fake sponsors? Uh, fake sponsors is uh, um, UltimateWaterfallChallenge.com. 
(laughs) 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 Just looking at, yeah, I mean, I just wish I had more money, dude. I would get this this lifetime membership is sale price at $999, but I'm looking at everything you get, all the other stuff before, you know, you get the hat and the t-shirt, but you also get a UWC branded Sitka Delta waiting jacket. How much are those new? I don't know. Oh, a Delta waiting jacket? Those yeah. are like five or six hundred bucks. Five, six hundred bucks for that jacket, and then you get a two hundred and fifty dollar international adventure travel voucher. So you've almost like it almost pays for itself right there. Yeah, that does kind of pay the for itself. The jacket and the travel voucher. And there's a t shirt and hat, so might as well throw that in there. Like that's, that's dope. Pretty badass. Yeah. Super dope. I mean I don't have a spare thousand laying around for that, but if I did, it'd be a pretty good deal. Or if you were already planning on Splurging on a, a waiter, a Sitka waiter jacket. Well, shit, throw a few more bucks at it and go that route. All right, Pretty dude. Sweet. Well, until next week, I'll be packing to uh, go to Mexico to shoot more birds. But uh, right, let's pack, chat then. Pack it, extra underwear. Extra underwear depends. <laughs> wet wipes. That's the, that's literally going to be the only things in my backpack. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Once dude, you know, you know. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Later. Bye.